everybody. My name is Joe Shelton and I'm a singer, songwriter, music producer, and recording artist from Indianapolis, Indiana. Over the last year, I've stepped out and performed music on over 200 stages. Along the way though, I met a lot of great people that I didn't expect to. They were inspiring artists and songwriters and musicians. And I want to share all of that inspiration with you. So that's what this show is about. Moonshine equals love. Shine and love on the music. Moonshine and music starts now. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 7 of Moonshine and Music. Today we have on tap uh, a gentleman that puts together a lot of rootsy folk music. And uh, he also uh, runs a really cool place called Logan Street Sanctuary, uh, where a lot of artists get a chance to come and perform for audiences. And uh, it has really great acoustics. Anyway, we're going to talk some about that. But... Um, Please make sure you check out this interview and stay or stick around for the music at the end uh, with my man and my friend, Mr. John Gilmore, coming up right now. Welcome to Moonshine and Music, John Gilmore. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me on the show. It's great to have you on the show. Um, you uh, did you grow up here around the, in this area? Where was your uh, origin? Oh, well, my family's from Bloomington, Indiana, but I've been in Noblesville since 1971. Wow. 71. What, when did they... Uh, what, old. what made them move up? Was it you that moved up or was it... Did no, you it, up was, it was work. Yeah, I'm not that old. I was young when we moved up. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> I was still fairly young in 1971. <laughs> now my dad got transferred with work. And what did he do? He worked for RCA and um, oh. got bounced around a little bit, came up here, and they were looking for good school districts for all the good that did me. I majored in truancy, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> they uh, settled on Noblesville, and when they retired, they went back to Bloomington, and I was already fairly established in the town, so I didn't go. I didn't follow them. So what, did you start writing songs when you, what, what age? And I started really late. I didn't, probably didn't write my first song until maybe seven or eight years ago. Oh, yeah. I was um, doing some caretaking for my mom when she was ill, and I had a lot of time on my hands. Got to watch her sleep a lot, and she loved my singing, and I'm not sure why. I loved my singing and my playing, so I would would sit there while she was sleeping, and guy can only do so much Facebook, so I'd get a notebook, and I'd start scratching out ideas, and that's about it. Seven or eight years. So you played uh, music before that and just didn't write until then? Or? I played in a variety of bluegrass bands and I, I played for a long time. I did a lot of noodling around without any real goals or real focus, but found the bluegrass scene and took a liking to that. Played that for a while, mostly traditional songs, and started writing and took a veered off and here we are. <laughs> when you were, uh, what, what, how old were you when you started playing? Oh, that's a tough question. I got my first guitar when I was really young, but I didn't really do anything with it except bang around on it like a monkey. And um, I was probably 
30 years old before I really bared down and focused on, it was bluegrass music at the time, before I really said, okay, I have to find some discipline, I have to learn how to play this damn thing so I can get from the start of a song to the end of a song. Yeah, I, I, I remember before I learned to play guitar, I had like a, a lick here or a lick there, or like a little piece of the song, or the open. <laughs> yeah, I did a lot of that. I, I had a friend one time, I was sitting around at his house playing, and his dad, who was a mean old dude anyway, he comes in, he opens the door, he goes, don't you know any songs all the way through? <laughs> and I started to get mad at him, and I thought, maybe I don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's not uncommon. <laughs> so I know, like the mean the, old dude might have actually helped me on my path to becoming somewhat of a guitar player by that remark. I don't know. You know, is that sometimes true about everything though? Once you have somebody criticize a little something, when it really rings home with you, mm -hmm. yeah. that's when you start going, huh? Yeah. Maybe I need to work on that. You know. Um, I don't know what what were some of the bluegrass groups that you played in over time. I. You remember the names? We, we like early band names because they're usually okay. goofy and it makes people laugh. Well, um, <laughs> you know, Frank was on here a while ago and he was talking about Gary Wass and Gary and I played in a bluegrass ensemble called Fair and Square. Um, most recently, though, around Indianapolis, a lot of people might recognize me or remember a trio called Noble Roots. That was Kelly Yates and Gary Wasson and me. And that was definitely bluegrass flavored music just because of my guitar playing, but we covered a pretty wide gamut of different music styles. Right. Uh, that, that's the group that I first heard of you being in. Yeah. Um, so uh, do, do you still play in that group at all, or is it... Uh... I do not. Kelly and her husband had their, uh, had their first baby in June, and so that pretty much... Yeah, they're, they're busy. Of, yeah, they're busy. Yeah. They're very busy. <laughs> um, so, um, as you, I, I know that you uh, were the founder and um, of the Logan Street Sanctuary as well, which is a music venue here. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to kind of talk about a little bit of how that got started and, and you know, what uh, dro drove you to it. And, okay. And what, what makes you, you know, I'm, I know you're still involved to some degree. Um, I am. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about it, and then I'll tell you a little bit about why it frustrates me, because that might resonate with you and some of your friends, too. I was just looking for a place. Uh, I've got some recording gear. I was looking for a place where I could um, practice and record in something bigger than the upstairs bedroom of my old farmhouse. And I put a realtor to work, and she found a crummy old rundown church in downtown Noblesville. I thought, well, okay, it's a big building, it's got seating for a number of people, so why not? So I bought it and started renovating with the idea in mind of giving a place where songwriters could actually be heard instead of playing in a, in a bar, competing with televisions all around you and chatter and that nonsense. Um, it had limited success. I have a hard time getting people to come to shows there. so. I have more or less handed it off to a 501c3 not-for-profit, which is also called Logan Street Sanctuary, Inc., Incorporated. And I have a, I've decreased my role there kind of out of frustration. I don't want to sound like I'm being pouty. I'm sure I'll get back to it, but <laughs> that's my speech on that. Do you, um, 
Uh, well, you know, who are some of the acts that have played there? Because I, I really, for me, I want to promote uh, a little bit of that venue as well while you're here because I know I went and played there and you know the crowd was okay uh, it, it would be better if it was really large but it was uh, it was a pretty decent crowd that day and I just really feel like the sound in there and the whole vibe and everybody was there had such a wonderful experience um, you know not just from an entertainment standpoint mm -hmm. but getting to know the folks that were playing I think we had four songwriters play that day yeah and uh, and I've been there for another uh, one of those kind of deals and it's just uh, to me, it's really a fabulous spot for uh, for that uh, for you to be able to go and intimately get involved with the the artists, which is really what our show's about as well. Mm -hmm. You know, getting to know the artists better and, and, and the songwriters and all of that. And and so I, I feel like that venue, it's almost like got a kinship with places like Books and Brews here, where you know while it is a, a brewery and stuff, the live music support here is oh, fabulous. Oh, we drink beer there. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. And, and and you have the live music support up there and mm -hmm. I, I and um, so you know it's a really big thing for me it's really close to me and uh, so you know I want to talk a little bit about the place but I also I know um, you know there have been some some bit rather big people oh, I've there, had, right? I'm Jason Wilbur's played there um, Ian McFerrin's played there uh, Ryan Brewer comes through and was playing there every once in a while um, plus I have hired just basically from auditioning people via YouTube videos that they've emailed me. Some of the most fabulous people that nobody around here has ever heard of. I mean, they come in, they can play wonderfully, their songs are great, they're great singers, but it absolutely breaks my heart when I do that and there's like six people in the audience. And that's happened too many times. Yeah. I, I, you know that that is uh, you know if the people out there are watching if you get a chance to go to a show at Logan Street Sanctuary please do that please support them they're very very good um, and it's very good for songwriters and musicians um, so uh, what's what's the music you're working on now what's your um, what what do you feel like your big focus is I'm trying to finish a 12 song project of of my original tunes. Uh, the thing that's holding me up is I actually own all the recording gear, so I'm not paying for studio time, which means I can obsess until I go insane over <laughs> that note needs to be here and this note needs to be there. But I will finish it someday. <laughs> that, uh, you know, it, do you find that that's really a challenge? I mean, I, I know you, you just said you did, but... Um, uh, I, I also have my own recording studio, and I mean, as you know, I do this show obviously with a portable studio. Mm -hmm. But the um, uh, the thing that I got into, it, it took me like two years to make the last record because I literally had all the time in the world, and I could just obsess mm -hmm. yeah. over this mix. That I, I think there was one song on one of the records I did like 15 times. Do you find yourself doing that? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, my recording studio is right out the back door, so I, I've got a studio set up behind my house and I can do it at 9 in the morning, 9 at night. I can play till 4 a.m. and nobody's watching the clock. And that's a good thing. That's a luxury. But at the same time, it's kind of a bad thing because I will probably obsess over these things and then I will release it someday. <laughs> We're looking forward to hearing it. I mean, yeah, I, I've... Uh, if yours took two years, mine is on the verge of hitting two years since I first there, sat down my with the first one and said, 
Okay, track one. So I'm going <laughs> well, I don't, in two years. I, I don't have the record though. Axel Rose has that. I think he took like 15 years making that one record. Uh, <laughs> but, but we won't get there. Uh, hopefully. I hope right? not. I'm old. I can't get there. Uh, what, what are some of the? Uh, you know, uh, do you have other people come and record in your studio ever, or is it just uh, just you? Or I'm not for hire. I mean, if a, if a singer songwriter came to me and and we hit it off I'd say yeah sure come up and do some tracks but I, I'm not for hire that's not what I'm, that's uh, I, not I, what I'm I, yeah, I just didn't know if you did or not no. um, do you find that um, when you're when you're working through your record do you have a certain process for your songs as you start to record them do you like lay down like the bass track first or do you try you know how do you arrange them things like that it's kind of I, um, inside baseball question there I grab the bane of most many many musicians the metronome and play a click track I play a very basic mechanical rhythm along with a click track and it all starts there and, yeah. and then, then I layer it it's all overdubs I've never I have the I have the facility to be able to have two or three people in and with a little bit of isolation but my projects are all overdubbed so uh, I do the scratch track usually get the bass next then dial in the rhythm guitar um, my friend Doug Sauter is doing the mandolin on this project. Um, his bandmate Aaron Ranstall is doing the bass, and we're working as a team, but it's it's separate. I mean, I'll do something, I'll get him on the phone and say, when, hey, when can you come up and do something? He comes up like that. Yeah. So are you, you playing most of the instruments yourself? I'm only playing guitar on this one. I, okay. The last project I did, I played a little bit of fiddle, but I'm an okay fiddle player, but there's better fiddle players than me, and for the sake of the music and the audiences, I'm hiring out the fiddle on this. <laughs> um, what, what's your previous project called? Is it out there for people to... Well, we did a Noble Roots project. It's just called Noble Roots. Right. And that has a variety of people on it. But it was mostly featuring Kelly's lead vocals and Gary's and, and mine. It was mostly about the songs and the vocalists with some pretty fancy musicians supporting. Right. Is that on Spotify and yes, iTunes and everything? Yes, it is. It is on okay. Spotify and iTunes. Uh, so we'll, I'll, I'll make sure I find the link to that and put it in our show notes so people can okay, go good. find that. Um, do you have a lot of live performances coming up? I don't have a whole lot of stuff. Got a couple private parties coming up next weekend, but I'm... I deliberately kind of slowed down September and October so that I can finish this damned recording project. <laughs> well, we're happy to have you do that. <laughs> um, well, wish me luck, Internet world. Uh, <laughs> I'm in the home stretch, whatever that means. Uh, you know, I, you I'm could, this close, but I was this close about two months ago, too. <laughs> you could be in the mastering stage for quite a while. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's all fun. It's all good. I'm, I'm not. Do you know what you're going to call the project yet? Have you got a, a a name? Well, the song that I did first that I played. I don't know if you're going to air the interview and then the songs or what. But that, well, the the songs we after the song about the crow. The song is actually called Gravity's Curse, and I might name it that, or I might not name it anything. I might I just just call it John Gilmore. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know if it's going to actually be a CD you can hold in your hand or if it's only going to live in 
the you know that, that's an interesting topic these days a lot of people are saying you know the CDs are out and uh, digital's in and um, you know it's a it's a great topic to get into because I know that I um, you know I struggle with it myself as, as a songwriter yeah. and someone who puts out recordings I'd almost pose it as a uh, survey I'm really curious whether or not it's even worth it to have something in hand because I'm driving a 2017 Toyota and my salesman warned me that the next year of of Toyota 4Runners might not even have a CD player in it. Well, a lot of the so. Chevy vehicles already don't. Uh, but the, the the thing about it is that I've found lately is that the people that are buying them from me want an autograph on it. They like want to keep it as a, a memento more than just getting the music. You know, it's almost like uh, you know just a piece of merch these days. It seems to a lot of folks. Uh, so I don't know if you know. Um, That's how, a how much longer that becomes a piece of merch, and, and before we move on to just selling T-shirts, yeah, I know, or you know, <laughs> or something else that we can sign. The audience that buys those things is a different audience. That's your house concert audience, and that's those people. The bar, the bar gigs. I, I've been doing bar gigs longer than a lot of the a lot of your guests have been on planet Earth. <laughs> and those people don't pay any attention. They might get some entertainment out of it, but they rarely walk up at the end of the night and try to buy something. House concert people do. My ven the Noblesville, the Logan Street Sanctuary thing, those people sell lots and lots of CDs and T-shirts out of there. Because the people that come to see them, they're in a listening room, they are programmed. I like this person, I want to take them home with me. But yeah, and I think that's, that's what a different CD, market. I'm, I, when I was there, I sold some CDs, and everybody wanted a signature on it. It was like they wanted a memento more than mm -hmm. they were really concerned, because they could just pull out their phone and listen to me on iTunes. Right. But they wanted a copy to have, you know, uh, something like that. And I think that's valuable. I'm just not sure how much longer it is. I know. <laughs> you know, and know. before it just becomes something else, right? Um, well, you know, as we get tired of hearing about music, let's play some music. So we're going to come back in just a minute with some live tunes from John Gilmore. Thank you for being here today. Thanks, folks. I wanted to... Thank you, Joe. <laughs> Thank you. Next week on Moonshine and Music, Damon Carl is in studio, and he's going to rock out the stage with his smooth music. Beautiful girl, I miss you. Back to me and give me a chance. Not just a night, but a lifetime. All right, this next one is um, about the internal dialogue that we all have with ourselves between our. Um, mind between our intellect and our heart our feelings when your heart wants to go for something your head says eh, it's probably not a great idea and then you go back and forth and back and forth and one usually wins or sometimes they both lose or maybe sometimes they both win i'm a little pessimistic maybe too cynical for my own good to the heart you're just a simple fool the heart says well you're not my boss you don't make all the rules 
So the head said, heart, you're crazy, crazier than me. The heart says, you've got eyes and ears, why is it you can't see? It's only human nature, but you think that we could find a way to reach a compromise, oh, head and heart of mine. But a battle rages on and on every day and every night, and every single one of us lives this eternal fight. memory, you silly, silly heart. Don't try and overthink it, or you'll tear us both apart. So the head says, just forget it then, it's time we let it go. The heart says, when it's time, I'll be sure and let you know. You can't deny heart's desire, and it's tough to change a mind. Well, I know it should be easier, but that's not how we're designed. So battle rages on and on every day and every night. Every single one of us lives this eternal fight. Well, no heart, you're always aching, seems you're seldom ever right. The heart says right back at you, and you keep us up all night. So the head says there's a difference in what we want and what we need The heart says, oh, I'm not so sure, I don't think that I agree So logic's out the window, all these words ain't worth a dime well, I wish that we could get along, oh, head and heart of mine The battle rages on and on every day and every night And every single one of us lives this eternal fight This one scares me a little bit. This one's kind of new for me. This is, um, it's a breakup song. It's about um, fighting to save a one-way friendship. It could be a, a, well, I'll let you decide for yourself. It's called Never Again. Thank you. 
shades of gray and your shades of blue Well, I'd have turned and run away from you the very day we met Oh, if I'd only knew Ah, but that was then and this is now No, I can't go back If I could somehow, you know I'd burn that bridge Before I crossed it too hard for way too long you never tried at all unless i'm wrong but i'm afraid i'm right but i'd really really rather be wrong I borrowed and troubles I bought and a lot of bad thoughts I wish I'd never have thought and you were one tough lesson I wish I'd never been taught but I'm not that dumb and I'm not blind and it's out of sight and out of mind well it ain't that easy at least it's not for me Sitting on my porch here whistling a tune Thinking if I never see you again Well it'll be too soon Never's too soon Thank you Thank you so much, John Gilmore, for coming into the studio and performing for us. I really appreciate you stopping by. Today uh, was a great show, but next week we got Damon Carl coming to the stage. You'll get to learn a little bit about an up-and-comer, a, a, a young man who's had a lot of experience out there in the world. Uh, he's uh, For a very short time, he's open for Babyface, and he's open for Morris Day and the Time. So we'll talk all about that next week. So tune in here uh, next week and every Sunday for Moonshine and Music. Moonshine and Music is a presentation of Not Less Entertainment. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. Our producer for today's show was Joe Shelton. Our cameraman grip and stunt double was Brent Lee Smith. And also helping out on cameras, setup, and all sorts of other things, Bailey Shelton. Thank you for joining us and join us next week on Sunday for Moonshine and music.